Welcome to the RMM TV podcast. I'm Rennie McLean. We speak and we teach on the supernatural, how you, as an ordinary person, can do extraordinary things. Hi, I'm Dr. Marina McLean. The supernatural is meant to be lived naturally, and we do that through the teachings and instructions that you find right here on the RMM TV podcast. So, sign up today on the RMM TV podcast. You are listening to me. You are on holy ground. The I am that I am has invaded your place. His presence is there. I want you to lift your hands before him and just from a spirit of worship, just lift your hands and just enter in. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. God, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you all honor. All honor. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I know right now where you are, you can feel the presence of the Lord just as I can here right now. Hallelujah. Tonight is preparatory for Saturday where I bring you the prophetic message on the mystery of the seven. I promise you, you're going to have a radical shift in your life. In fact, even as I'm speaking to you now, I can sense that a lot of you sense there's a shift taking place right now. And so I want you to just open your spirit. It was by great demand. People have been saying to me everywhere, Apostle Rennie, please speak on the feast. People, let me say this to you. One thing that I'm going to tell you, and I want you to understand this. Everything with God is by revelation. Revelation means the removing of the veil. And it is the impartation of the mind of God to your spirit. And without revelation, do you know you can study all you want to, but if God doesn't reveal it, you can't see it. Because revelation is not information. It is supernatural. It means the God of the universe has given you an insight into something that a natural man with all his college degrees could not see. And so we are in the days of revelation. Now, I don't say this to be biased, but I say this to be very honest with you. As you know, I, I would be regarded as a Messianic Jew, even though I, I, I just does, doesn't interest me. But I would be classed as that. But forget that. 
What I want you to hear from what I'm saying to you now is a profound truth. If you call a rabbi to teach the feast of the Lord, you are going to get history. You are not going to get revelation. Bearing in mind, God right now is speaking and revealing by what? Revelation. I remember some years ago, I was speaking to some Jews who became Christians, and they were still holding on to the cultural restraints and everything that they knew. And they were telling me certain things, and I was listening to them talk. And I said, imagine all of those insights that you have by way of culture, but yet you didn't see Christ. Now, I'm a Jew speaking to a Jew. Now, I'm fortunate I was not raised orthodox. I would not be what you consider a practicing Jew. I'm a Jew by way of what the scripture says. I am one by the spirit, but I'm one in the flesh because of my background. I'm saying that to say this. If you want the letter, anybody right now can Google the letter. It doesn't mean that God has spoken or God has revealed anything to you. That's important for you to know. So the feasts have to be revealed. If it's not revealed, it is not known to you. There's a very well-known prominent man of God. God bless his heart. He's the head of a very well-known movement. He said on his broadcast this week, he had to repent over the feast because he thought it was the law and he just didn't see it. And now he's starting to understand that the feast is the set times of God and certain things do not happen regardless of how much faith you have. So we're at an interesting crossroads right now in Christianity in that there's a people whose eyes are still closed and there's a people whose eyes are being opened. But let me tell you something about when your eyes start to open. When your eyes start to open, you're going to find out, even though you're starting to see, but you're going to have problem focusing. You say, why? Because your eyes are just starting to see. So you may have a glimmer of a certain truth, but there's certain things you do not see. So for me, I got this by way of revelation. Forget my background. I got this by way of revelation. So what I'm going to be speaking to you today is going to really and truly put some nuts and bolts in your life. And I believe it's going to change your life. So I want you right now to go with me very quickly to, in fact, I'm going to be unorthodox on purpose. I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 and ver Acts chapter 3 verse 19 to 21. Please share this with everybody you know. Tell, just, just, just get people to connect with this. This is really important. And I'm reading it to you from the Amplified Bible. Listen to this. 
And I'm, I'm keep, keeping your mind now. I'm giving you an overview of the feast. Hear this now. So repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Regret past sins and return to God. Seek his purpose for your life so that your sins may be wiped away blotted out, completely erased, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, restoring you like a cooled wind on a hot day, and that he may send to you Jesus Christ, who has been appointed for you, whom heaven must keep, until the time for complete restoration of all things about which God has promised through the mouth of his prophets from ancient times. Now, I want you to listen to this right now. Because the apostles are speaking post-resurrection, which means Jesus had already come. He had already paid the price. He had already ascended. Your version says, when regarding Jesus' coming, it says again. So we then understand that there is a second coming that is listed, where the Jews did not receive him the first time, but the second time they're going to know him. So clearly we see there's a distinction in time. And notice what the emphasis is, is that Jesus, your version says it like this, is restrained in heaven. He cannot come back until the restoration of all things. Now, in your lifetime and in our parents' lifetime, we have seen the restoration of the fivefold ministry. We saw the healing movement going back to 1948 and then Azusa Street at the turn of the century. So we understand there's certain things that have been restored and the church has received. But the things that the church has not received or really has a problems believing and receiving is the feast of the Lord. And until the church receives the feast of the Lord, then guess what? All things cannot be restored. That's, that's just the way that works. Now, let me read you another scripture before we get into because this is profound now. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10 from the Amplified Bible. He made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he had purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness, notice no the word now, mark this in your Bible, that in the dispensation of what? The fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Now, 
This is how the, that's the King James Version. Now, hear how the Amplified Version says it now. It says, he made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ with regard to the fulfillment, mark that word in your Bible, the fulfillment of the times, the fulfillment of of the times. Say it aloud with me. The fulfillment of the times. Say it with me. The fulfillment of the times. Now go back in your mind with me to Acts 2 and say these words with me. The restoration of all things. Say it with me. The restoration of all things. Now Ephesians 1 says now with regard to the fulfillment of the times. That is the end of history. The climax of the ages to bring all things together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth. So it's very clear that God is specific. God is not general. He is specific. He does specific things. And so he specifically speaks to us about times now what times are they i want you now to go with me please to leviticus 23 and bearing in mind that these times the church has avoided leviticus 23 verse 1 to 4 from the king james version of the bible it says and the lord spoke unto moses saying Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, Concerning the feast of the Lord. Stop right there. The feast of the Lord. The word feast literally means the appointed time or the set time. They're known as the Moeds or the Moedims, the set times of God. Now, Watch this with me, and let me just show you how powerful this is. Do you know that in creation, when God made man, did you know it was around a set time? Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2 is a fulfillment of Yom Keturah, which you know as Rosh Hashanah, Yom, Yom, sorry, Yom Keturah, which means day of shouting, which is, as you know it, as Rosh Hashanah. And then there's Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. And then there's Sukkot. Creation was around those three set times. Now, man only kept two. You say, why? Because the fall took place and it prevented him from going into another. Now, please write this down. When God made man, and hear, hear the words I'm saying, when God made man and placed him in the Garden of Eden, God made a covenant with man at that time. Covenants were also cut in the set time. People regard Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis 3, people regard that as what's known as the Edenic covenant 
When the fall took place, the covenant changed. It was then called the Adamic covenant. But prior to that, it was the Edenic covenant. Now, why am I pointing this out to you? Because it was a set time. And people, listen to this. Say the word to me, Edenic covenant. Say it again, Edenic covenant. Now, I prophetically rename that. Most Bible schools rename certain things or they have a certain slant on it. But this is what I call the first three chapters of Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, the book of Genesis. This is what I call it. I call it the covenant of his presence. It wasn't the covenant with Eden. It was the covenant of his presence. Now, what is the covenant of present, of the presence? When Adam sinned, he was removed. That means, Moboshe, that means sin can't stand in the presence of God. So the covenant was changed and it was altered. And they were all during the feast times, the set times of the Lord. So keep that in your mind now. The Moedims, the Moedims, the Moes, the feast of the Lord. And it says, which you shall proclaim to be a holy convocation. Even these are my feasts. Notice, my feasts. It does not say Israel's feasts. Now, people, hear me clearly. Even though to us, to a lot of you who know this, when I tell you that most of the church does not know this, it's more true than you know. The prejudice that the church has to it, and even a lot of well-known people, is that they say that the feast is the law. No, the feast was before the law, and during the law, because it's the original time of God when God did specific things that have never been duplicated. And those times have not all been fulfilled. You say, how do we know that they've not been fulfilled? If those times have been fulfilled, guess what? Jesus would have already come. So the feasts are still in play. God's original voice to man was in those feasts. So when you remove the feasts, you don't hear nor see God. That's how accurate and powerful these feasts are. And notice what it says. Now it says, and you shall proclaim these to be my, my, my holy convocations. In other words, Israel does not own the feasts. God owns them. So a lot of people's prejudice to it was they said it was Jewish. No, it's not Jewish. It's God's. Okay, so let me finish reading the verse and then give you some more. So here this now. Six days, six days shall work be done. But the seventh day, but the seventh day, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. On holy convocation, you shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. All your dwellings. These are the feasts of of the Lord, not Israel, the Lord's, even the holy convocations which you shall proclaim in their seasons. Now, I want you to write these things down. Because we're going to go into some territory today that's going to really make you see things a whole lot clearer. The word holy, as you know, means to be cut and separated. 
When it says convocation, this is what that word convocation means. It means a set apart gathering. It's a summons to God's presence. Oh, my Lord of mercy. Hear it again. It's a summons to God's presence. That's a strong term. It's like when you are summons to appear in court. God is saying, these set times, I've summoned you to my presence. Drop what you're doing. Forget what you're going through. I'm calling you to my presence one-on-one -on -one because I want to talk to you and I want to do something in your life that you can only have done at this appointed time. It's a summons. Now, hear this now. There's no, there's no options with a summons. It's summons. It's a summons. So that means if you don't obey it, guess what? There's a penalty against you. You can actually be arrested. Now, you know what's happened with the body of Christ? There's certain things the body of Christ has not come into. You say, why? Because they've never responded to the summons. So that's one meaning of the word convocation. It's a set-apart gathering. It's a set-apart summons to God's presence. And hear this now. It is also a rehearsal. A rehearsal is defined as the act of practicing in preparation for an event. Each feast is preparatory for something greater. Now that simply means that each feast has not been totally fulfilled. You say why? There's free dispositions of scripture. So there's free dispositions of how you see the feast. Number one, there's the fundamentals of the feast. There's, there's always a fundamental with the feast of the Lord. But then there's the prophetic disposition of the feast. And with the prophetic dispositions of the feast, the scripture tells us, let him that have an ear to hear, let him what? Hear what the Spirit is saying. So you see, there's a difference. There's a difference because it means God is still speaking. The church is going by what God had said historically, but they're not going by what the Spirit is saying now. See, there's a big difference. And then there's a revelatory disposition of Scripture where we see into what God is actually saying. I mean, it is incredible. It is profound. Now, hear this now. Jesus, Jesus fulfilled the law. Oh, my God. Je hear what I'm saying again. Jesus fulfilled the law. The law is not the feast. Jesus has fulfilled his part of the feast. He's fulfilled Passover. But yet, watch this now. But there are things in the Passover that the church has not come into. And we're going to learn about that as we go on in this teaching tonight. So, there's a prophetic nature to the Passover. There's a prophetic nature to every one of the free feasts that we are told to keep. 
And so we, so if we're stuck on the fundamentals, listen to this now. If we're stuck on the fundamentals, as good as they are, we're not in the now. We're not in the now. So we're missing what God is actually saying. Now, let me say that to you again. I really want you to hear this. I want you to hear it in your spirit, please. Because the church does not do this. A convocation means a summons to the presence of God. It's a set-apart summons to the presence of God. It's a rehearsal. A rehearsal is the act of practicing in preparation for an event to take place. Each feast is preparatory. Now, hear this, hear this now. There are things that haven't come forth in the church yet. You say, why? Because we've not kept Passover. There's certain things in Pentecost that the church hasn't come into. You say, why? The church hasn't kept Pentecost. There's certain things about the glory, the tabernacles, that the church has not come into. You say, why? Because the church has not kept them. And each of those set times are the times of open heavens where the portals of the glory are opened. And in those moments, it's nothing to do with your faith. It is God to you despite you. That's how powerful it is. So listen to this now. As we go into this, I want you to listen to this now. This is powerful now. So we're now going to look now at the Passover, where it was first instituted. And I'm going to give you its meanings and everything. Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, and then we're going to read verse 12 to 14. Here what it says. This now we're talking now Passover now. The Hebrew word for Passover is the word Pesach. And listen to this now. It says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. Stop right there. Circle the word Egypt. Egypt represents the economy of man. Egypt represents the world's system. Egypt represents the place of constraint. You will never fully flourish in the place of constraint until you get a breakthrough into the economy of God and the economy of the kingdom. That's when the economy of man and the curse that's in the earth because of the fall, that's when it loses its power over you is when you begin to see this. So keep it in your mind. That's what Egypt represents. The world's system, the world's economy, Oh, my God, let it go deep in your spirit, please. So in that context now, God was speaking to Moses to speak to the children of Israel. Now, remember, in Egypt, they were slaves. Do you know what everybody looks at the world as when you go to your job every day? You know, what do we call it? Whether you're in Europe or America, what do we call going to work? We call it the rat race. Notice, everybody works basically the same hours, 9 to 5, uh, 8 to 4. Everybody's in the rat race. But there is a deliverance from the rat race. There is a deliverance from the world's economy, which in the end times, 
the head of that economy is going to be the Antichrist. It's an Antichrist system. That's what God is trying to break his people out of, the system of the Antichrist. You are a slave to that system if you are not delivered from it. So keep that in your mind now. So God spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, This month, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. That month is called Nisan. N-I-S-A-N or N-I-S-S-A-N, Nisan. And listen to this. He said regarding that month, he said it will be the beginning of year to you. Now, this is profound. And I'm probably, and a lot of people now are not going to like this. If you're a pastor, you're not going to see this. There's two beginning of years in the Hebrew calendar. Two beginning of years. The first one that God instituted was at Passover. Now you say, why Passover? Well, first of all, what time of the year is Passover? Passover is in spring. Well, what happens at spring? Things are harvested. So Passover is also the feast that represents a reset. Say it with me, a reset, a restart. Now, watch this now. Remember I said to you, there's two beginning of years. Now, watch this now. So, because Passover is a reset, it's different to the one known as Yom Keturah, which is the beginning of the new year, which is in September. Notice, the new year. Now, you're going to hear this now. The, you, uh, I don't know if you're getting this. The new year, hear it again, September, the new year. But now God is saying now regarding Passover, it's a reset of the year. Notice the reset of the year versus the beginning of years. So this is now God is saying something now completely different. So Passover is the feast of restoration. So in other words, no matter what you've lost, God's going to give it back to you. You say, why? Because that's the message of redemption. Now, let me say this to you, because I've got to make this point and finish it. If you notice, the church always does, always has done first fruits January. Now, in the Western calendar, what is January? The first month of the Jordan calendar, which means in their way of thinking, it's the beginning of year. Well, actually, it's not the beginning of the year. It's like the fourth month in the year. You say, why? Because the first month of the year in the original calendar is October. Go back in your mind to when you were in school. When did they have harvest time at your school? When everybody brought stuff to the school. Do you remember when it was? It was always October. You say, why? Because October is the first month of the new year. Well, in a harvest time, everybody has something. In January, there's nothing to harvest. You say, why? The earth, the earth is in winter. So every time we've done it, God's going to honor it because what you know, but the truth of it is, these feasts, what we're talking about, is where the economy of heaven is around. We have incredible testimonies concerning this. We have miracles that you just would not believe that only God can do because people understand 
the portal time for giving their sacrifice. So it's very important. I want to make that distinction to you. In the Hebrew calendar, there's two beginning of years. One is a new year, which is in October, and one is a reset of the year, which is spring. God said to Israel, I'm going to make that the beginning of the year to you. It's right before your face. So hear now what he goes to say now. It will be the beginning of months to you. And hear this now. It shall be the first of the year to you. Then he said, speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, the tenth day of this month. Say it with me now, ten. Say the number ten. The number ten means fullness of time. They shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. Now hear this now. What do you always hear people say about when this took place? They'll always say, oh, God sent the death angel. No, it was not no death angel that went over Egypt. God said, I will pass over Egypt. I will pass over Egypt. Now, he kalabosai. I hear the Lord say, God is saying right now, he's going to pass over the Egyptian economy. He's going to pass over the world system. That's why there are highs and there are lows, and it doesn't always stabilize. You say, why? Because there is a set time where God judges the economy of man. That's why the wealth of the wicked is in that realm. And the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked, it is laid up for the just. So if you're just, guess what? The wealth of the wicked is in the process of being converted to you who are righteous. That is something right there for you to shout and give the Lord glory on. You are a candidate. For the wealth transfer. You are a candidate for the wealth of the wicked. Give me a loud amen if you believe you're that candidate. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. So God says, I will pass over Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Notice the first, the first, the first. Everything with God is the first. Remember the time now they're being released. It's the beginning of year now. God's dealing with the first. Oh, the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. My God of mercy, I better be careful right now. You say why? Because the last three years, we've seen God pass over the earth. And we've literally seen people being smitten. Let me just show you how powerful this is. Do you know when COVID became established as a plague? I'll tell you when. Passover. God is doing something right now to the world's government, to man's system. And I'm telling you right now, I tell you, you better get ready. You better understand the power of the blood. I tell you, Prophet Marina is going to be bringing you a revelation on Saturday before I minister on the revelation of blood application, how to apply it. Because what if I said to you people, 
not one Israelite that had blood on their doorpost, not one got the plague. Not one. Now, let me say this to you, just to show you how powerful this is. And please, don't. Do, I know some of you might have got COVID, but thank God the Lord delivered you and he healed you. Thank God, because the blood also heals. But let me tell you something. What if I said to you, it was never God's intent for you to get it in the first place? So there's something about the blood that we didn't apply or we didn't check or we just really didn't get a hold of. So that's why this Passover is so powerful. Now, let, let me continue to read it because this is so powerful. He says, I will execute judgment for I am the Lord and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you and the plague. That's what God calls it, a plague. An epidemic infectious disease. That's what it's called. That's what, another word for a plague or pestilent rather. And it says, listen to this now. It says, shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And listen to this now. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And hear this now. And people who say, but you're not supposed to keep it anymore. Hear this now. For a memorial. And you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. And you shall keep it a feast by an ordinance, an audience, so an ordinance for what? Forever. Forever. That means, oh, Jesus, that means to the cross, through the cross, till the Lord comes. Now, isn't it prophetic that at this feast, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper? How often do you... How often did Jesus say through the lips of Paul that we're to do communion? He said, you do show my death until I come. That's the only feast where you really see it. Where he says, now, this is forever. If you don't see that parallel, you're blind. Because the word says under the old, as you want to look at it as the old, it says it's forever. And then the covenant states now the words of Jesus through the, through the lips of Paul. It clearly says now, mm, regarding the Lord's Supper, his blood which is shed for you, his body which is broken for you, it says, this you do till I come. How could the church have missed it? And it's right before you. So it makes sense why some of the things that's happening in the world we see it in the church when the Lord said, if the blood is there and the blood is applied and you keep the feast of the Lord, he promised it won't come near your dwelling. That's the promise of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Oh, my God. That's so powerful. I want to shout. I want to shout. I tell you, I tell you something. You know something? Get ready. I think, you know something? I feel on Saturday because I'm speaking on this. We're going to do communion too. I'm going to have at the end of Dr. Mina's ministry, but before I come out, we're going to take communion. You say, why? God's got some things he's got to confirm to you. Amen. Now watch this now. Write these words down, please. The word Passover, it means, there's several things it means. I'm just going to give you three of them. 
The word Passover, Pesach, it means to pass through. It means to spare. And it means to exempt. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. There's a people on the earth right now that's getting ready to be exempt from what comes on the earth in these end times and the book of Revelation lists plagues. If you get under this and get into these things, the word promises you'll be exempt. Oh, hallelujah. The, the power of the blood is this. When it's applied correctly, it gives divine immunity. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Divine immunity. Now, you remember the scriptures I read when I first came up here? Remember what I said about the restoration of all things? In Acts, in Acts 3, 19 and 21. And then remember when I read to you Ephesians 1, 9 and 10 from the Amplified. And it talks about the maturity of the times. You know what times God's talking? The feast times. You say, Why? The church is not walking in the fullness of the feast. The church isn't walking in the fullness of the power. You see, people don't understand. The end of the feast is always greater than the beginning of it. So that's why the church is getting ready to see miracles it has never seen before. But it's going to have to understand these portals. You say, why? Because every one of these set times, God does something specific and he does something different. The error of the church is this. Is that they've always believed the feast belonged to Israel. So like in Jesus' time, they knew scripture. They knew the prophets. As educated as they were around the world. But listen to this. But they didn't see him when he came. As educated as you might be, as knowledgeable as you might well be, if 2,000 years ago, the people of promise who know the scriptures, if they didn't see it, it's possible that you too haven't seen it. And that's why the church is prejudiced to the feast. So like Israel, and I say this respectfully, so like Israel, as the veil is to Israel, so is the, so is the feast to the church. They both don't see. And there are events historically that have happened in history that all came out of the feast. That's how accurate they are. Now, let me just go on to just say this to you because I think this is powerful. And I'm going to reiterate it again. Jesus fulfilled, sorry, everything Jesus did, the scripture says that it might be fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled the law. Remember what I said to you, the law is not the feast. We are the beneficiaries of Passover, but we've not come into all of Passover. You say why? 
because Passover was where the wealth of the, now this hasn't happened, but Passover is where the wealth of a nation was turned over to Israel. That was a national transference of wealth. So I want you to imagine from the oldest person, from the last child that came out of the womb of a woman, left Egypt multimillionaires because they left with the wealth of the wicked. That is something that the church has not come into because we've tied it to faith how much you can believe God and everything and we've not understood the reason why it hasn't happened is because it's a what a set time a set time a set time a set time now watch this now because to me this is very 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 powerful very powerful praise God so the word remember when I said to you now the word convocation means it's a summons to his presence, and it's, the, and it's a rehearsal. So that means each feast, we're coming into something more. In each feast, we're supposed to, because the scripture teaches it's from glory to glory. In other words, in the mind of God, it's from feast to feast. So we're supposed to be coming more into Passover, not less. We're supposed to be coming more into the power, not less. We're supposed to be coming more into the glory, not less. Because the word states it. Now, how do we know when, we, when we're really at that place? Because the Bible says at the end, because at the end, the church is mature. Which means you're ready for the wealth. You're ready for the release. Oh my God of mercy. The destiny of Jesus, Israel, and the church is tied to those three feasts. There are several feasts. We're only told to observe three because the entire plan of God is within the three. Oh, this is powerful. So write this down. I know, you, I know it's a lot to write down, but let me say this now. The feasts are in three categories. History, which is where the church sees Passover. The present, which is what the church doesn't see. And then three, the future. The future is always the maturity and the completion of a thing. So that's why in the end times, we're going to see some we're going to see more things displayed at each feast. Like, let me give his testimony. People, every year we seem to be hearing, and, I, and we're going to give you a video roll of people who've sent in their testimony, of video clips, and where you see the miracles God has done. They sow to this ministry. They sow to this ministry. They keep the feast. And they're saying, Apostle Rennie or Dad, they say, we're seeing things that we've never seen before. Let me give you something, uh, 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 one of the things that stand out in my mind. Last year, a young man called this ministry. He's been following us for years, and he sows to the ministry. And he sowed a great seed. I'm not going to say the amount because it's not your business, it's God's. Let me tell you what God did. 
He's a builder by trade. After he sowed for seed, a six-figure contract came his way supernaturally out of nowhere. Because the scripture says something that we don't look at. It says, he who gives sparingly will reap sparingly. The word sparingly literally means in small increments. Notice, small increments, small increments. So that's why a lot of you, you budget your life off of small. You say, why? Because that's how you gave. But he put pressure on God. He gave. A mega contract came. I have a daughter in Tennessee. A property, a miracle property fell into her lap. I mean, and this is not one or twice. I'm talking about every time. We can give you testaments that don't make sense. I'm talking about, te- uh, there was a, there's a guy who was in prison. I won't name him, you know, because people are personal. There was a brother who was in prison who we had been ministering to for years. He got his release from prison. He owed a few million dollars. Listen to this. He gave a seed. You want to hear what happened? The, mil- the few million dollar debt that he owed, guess what? After he sowed the seed, it was canceled. Can't explain it. Cannot explain it. There's something about these times that when you obey God, God does something supernatural. Now, hear this now. Please, I, want you, I, want, I want you to give me a wave if you're hearing me. Give me a wave. Give me a wave. Give me a wave. If you notice, I'm showing you scripture for scripture, not my opinion. Give me a wave. All right, good. Okay, listen to this now. The feasts are all around Jesus, the church, and Israel. That's how it is. Listen to what I'm going to read you now. It is written. That the testimony of the Lord is the spirit of prophecy. 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 The feasts are prophetic. God speaks through them. Now, how does he speak? Because this is profound. Go with me to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. People, I really want you to, I know it's a lot to take in, but please follow me. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to read it to you from the King James first. Hear what it says now. It says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manner spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days, notice, last days spoken unto us by his son who he appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. Listen to how the Amplified says it now. God having spoken to the fathers long ago in the voices and the writings of the prophets in many separate revelations each of which set forth a portion of truth and in many ways in these last days spoke with finality to us 
in the person of one who is by his character and nature his son, namely Jesus, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, through whom also he created the universe, that is the universe as space, time, and matter continuum. Now listen to this now. So how did he speak? Through Jesus. Watch it now. Watch it now. Hear this now. In what time? The last days. Say it with me now. The last days. See, you think these feasts are playing? The what? The last days. Now let me show you something else that you wouldn't even tie to it. Matthew 24, you want to hear last days? You want to hear what Jesus said? I'll tell you what he said. Read it. You can look for yourself. Matthew 24, Matthew 24, verse 3. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Last days. And what did Jesus do? He began to tell them. And from the time he left until now, we're in the feast time. We prophetically are in Pentecost as far as the birth of the church goes. The church was born on the feast of Pentecost. The entire church age is in that feast. I'm going to say it to you again. The entire church age is in the feast of Pentecost. The entire of it. Now, that feast has not been fulfilled yet. You say, why? Because the church isn't walking in the fullness of the power. I'm going to say it to you again. The church isn't walking in the fullness of the power. You say, what is it connected to? The feast. It's not related to how much faith you've got. It's related to the feast. Because that means because the church was born on the day of Pentecost, that means the church was born in a set time. And if we don't know those times, then we're not in sync with what heaven is saying and heaven is doing. Here we just read it. In Hebrews 1, verse 1 and 2, God in the last days has spoken to us through his son. Then we look at Matthew 24. We look at what the son said. And all of those prophetic events right now, they, they are the flip side of what's happening in the church. Hear this. The church is in the feast of Pentecost. Prophetically speaking. But the earth right now. Is in end time events. And the church. As it comes into the feast. Is going to start to walk more. In the power of God. Lord of mercy. Let me move on. Let me move on. Like I said to you. This is powerful. It's really powerful. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the feasts of the Lord are exactly what they are. Uh, sorry. The feasts of the Lord are exactly that. Man doesn't own any of it. God's eternal purpose and master plan are in these feasts. And these feasts are all in sequence. These times are the display of God's sovereignty. It's a time, and right now we're prophetically right now. Hear this now. We're prophetically now. No, now. We're prophetically now. We're not fundamentally in Passover. We're prophetically in Passover in that each Passover until Jesus comes, 
We are going to come more into wealth. You say, why? Because Passover is the feast where the wealth was transferred. And so as we come closer to the coming of the Lord, things are going to intensify. Financial breakthroughs are going to intensify and they're going to get greater. Because as we come closer to the coming of the Lord, it can only but get better. Because it's prophetic and it's looking for fulfillment according to the word of God. So hear it now. This is good now. Hear this, please, because it's powerful stuff now. So all these feasts are all in sequence. These times are a display of God's sovereignty. It's a time of divine release. Passover is a time of divine release. You know, this is a Shemitah year. It's not a Jubilee year. It's a Shemitah year. And the word Shemitah, you know what it simply means? It simply means release. It means let go. Release and let go. Oh, I just heard it in the Holy Ghost. I prophesied to you right now that your stuff, Satan's going to have to let go of it. He's going to have to let go. I'm just talking to some of you right now. There's estates that have not been settled. Satan is going to have to let go. Your business, Satan is going to have to let go. Your debts are going to have to go. You say, why? It's the time of the Lord's release. In Jesus' name. So it's a time of visitation and manifestation of his presence and supernatural activity. Now, people, what do we do during this time to align with God? Recognizing it's a time where you separate yourself unto the Lord, to hear the voice of the Lord. But listen to me good. It is the time of sacrifice. Hear me clearly, people. As we come closer to the coming of the Lord, you're going to notice economical scales are going to shift. There's going to be great ups and there's going to be very deep lows. I, lit I had a vision today's Thursday. I had a vision on Tuesday and the Lord spoke to me in the vision and he said to me in this wave of what is coming, he said, people are going to respond to the pressures of the earth in the spirit of anxiety and it's going to be so strong. He said to me, Rennie, get ready. I said, Lord, for what? He said, there's going to be mass suicides. Because he said to me, there's people that's going to lose it all. Because they trusted in the world's system. Not realizing that there's a judgment attached to it. Because it's the wealth of the wicked. And if you don't give during, if you don't give your sacrifices in these set times, I'm telling you right now, what you have in your alabosai, what you have in your hand is going to become like sand. It's going to slide through your hands. And so these are the days where God is, God, the grace is lifting. You say, why? Because God's saying, you ought to know it. You ought to be doing it. Because if you do it, if you meet God, if you meet God halfway, he'll take you the rest of the way. So, and I close with this statement. It is also a time of mega shifts. Mega shifts. Mega shifts. People, that was a quick synopsis. You have no idea what I didn't say. It's a quick synopsis on the overview of the feast. And so, 
we're going we're gonna to go into the, uh, the mystery and the prophecy of the seven. That's the revelation I'm going to be bringing you on Saturday. And Prophet Marina is going to be bringing you a revelation of blood application. People, I want you to start right now. Some of you haven't done it yet. Start sending your sacrifice now. All the information is up on your screen. People, listen to me. And I say this to you respectfully. I have no faith to stand before God's people and tell them something that is false. Or for something for my own gain to be at their own expense. I could, I could, I, I just don't have that kind of faith. Because I'm going to stand before God and give an account for it. People, listen to me good. The waters are troubled. This is the time of sacrifice. Now, people, let me give you this wisdom seed, please. Don't, don't shut me down in your mind. Listen. Because everything in the earth right now, you're seeing this for yourself right before you. Nothing is stable. The only thing that is stable is the economy of God. Okay, listen to this now, please. This is what the Lord instructs us to do. Every feast of the Lord, the Lord has instructed me for the last several years. He said to me, make yourself available to my people so you can release my word into them and you can release the blessing of the season into their life. Now, God said in his word, surely he will do nothing lest he speaks to his servants, the prophets. That's what the word says. We have a proven record. Proven record. Listen to me good right now. I want to encourage you to give to this ministry as never before. You say why? The more you give is the greater we can do. It's the more we can do. So I want you this year to give everything right now. Hear me. You never give less. You give more when you're expecting greater. Listen to me. This is what the Lord instructs us to do. I didn't finish this, and I'm sorry. Um, in the Passover, Passover started last Friday, and it, and it goes on tomorrow. Just like how you have Christmas, Christmas season, but in Christmas season, there's a Christmas day. That's how Passover is. You say, why? Because Passover is seven days going into eight. Listen to me clearly. But the whole month, is still a Passover season. So because it started on the 15th of April, that means you have up until the 15th of May to release your sacrifice. Now people, listen to me good. Please hear me good. You're seeing things right before your face shift and change. Things are not where they were. Catch the portal time while it's open. Catch it. So, when you release your sacrifice and you email the ministry, this is what my office will do. They will set you up a time where I can Zoom you, it, me and you. It'll be me and you one-on-one. -on -one. You'll be one-on-one -on -one with the Apostle of Christ where I can release the end-time blessing 
of the Passover into your life. Let me give you this testimony. A lot of people who I know, a lot of people who are very well known, who you know what I know, a lot of them caught COVID. We didn't catch it. There's blood on our doorposts and it's correctly applied. Dr. Marina is going to show you on Saturday how to correctly apply the blood. So we want you to do that. Start releasing the sacrifice. Start doing it. You can go. You can do it like right now. Right now. No time like the present. But remember, it's got to be the sacrifice. Now, just as how Passover literally is a Passover, it's got to be the seed that puts you over into greatness. It's got to be the seed that it's got to be the seed that takes you from rags to riches. It's got to be. You say why? Because in the end time, who has the wealth is going to be a sign in the earth. And God wants to release that blessing on the remnant. So I want to encourage you right now, all the details are there. You can go online afterwards and simply say, Apostle Rennie, I'm releasing the sacrifice. I want to have the Zoom with you. They will do all of that with you. God bless you. Thank you so much. But that my office will set up the time where you'll be able to Zoom with me, where I can release that blessing into your life. And let me tell you this right now. You're going to be really blessed because Prophet Ron, who is a prophet to this ministry, who I've known for 25 years, right now as I'm speaking to you, he is on our podcast, RMM TV Podcast. It's on all streaming platforms. It's on Spotify and Apple Music. I want you to hear what the Spirit of God gave him to release into your life while the portal is open. And then tomorrow, Friday at 7 p.m. on RMM TV is a, an apostle to prophets, Cynthia Thompson. And she has the word of the Lord for you for this Passover. I don't mind telling you, there's a lot of people who are saying things, and God bless them. But you have to hear what God is saying at this specific Passover. This was an overview. Saturday when I bring you the prophecy of the seven, your eyes are going to be open to why you have to come into this end time Passover blessing and why you have to release the sacrifice. I don't care if you're bishop, pastor, reverend, whatever you call yourself. You cannot tell the people to do what you're not doing. Release your sacrifice. If you're in Africa right now, release your sacrifice. If you're in India, release your sacrifice. If you're in Australia, release it. If you're in Central America, if you're in the Caribbean, if you're all across America, don't hold on to the sacrifice. I hear the word of the Lord. Don't hold on to your Isaac. Let go. Only when you let go are you aligned to the Shemitah, which means to let go, which means to release, which means God can't release your harvest till you release your sacrifice. 
I've obeyed the word of the Lord. Prophet Cynthia Thompson is going to be on RMM TV tomorrow, 7 p.m. Central Time. Get the word of the Lord in your spirit in Jesus' name. So I want you right now to, we're coming off right now, but I want to bless you because I know we're in that season of sacrifice. So I want to bless you right now as we do. Father God, your word stands sure. And your word does not pass away. It keeps on working. And Lord, this is the time of sacrifice. And Lord, we know that the harvest is greater than the seed. But we've got to let go of the seed. I pray right now that every religious spirit, every poverty spirit be broken. And that your people release the end time sacrifice for the end time harvest. Father, the blessings are automatic. If they sow, it's going to come back multiplied. In Jesus' name. People, I don't need to say anymore. I have spoken what God told me to tell you. This was the overview of the feast. God bless you. Father, bless your people. I bless your people in the nations right now. I bless them right now. For more Breakthrough Encounters, visit us on rmm.live.